Welcome to Ready to Mosh, a podcast all about rock, metal and alternative music. I'm Kev P. And I'm Gem G. Each episode will bring you the latest news, talk about new releases and review gigs and festivals that we've been to. There'll be a smattering of guest interviews and a lot of random chat. As well as podcasts, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. Just search at Ready to Moshcast. Hello and welcome to episode 50 of Ready to Mosh. Half century. Yeah. Nothing's changed with the start. No, no. still the same awkward silence. We still don't know what to say after saying hello. Maybe by episode 100, we'll know what to do. But it is a very special episode. We have an amazing guest on, the awesome Baz from Massive Wagons. Yep, someone who we are huge fans of. And it was an absolute pleasure to chat to him. So without further ado, we will go into the interview. Right, it's a special episode today. We've got a very fantastic guest on. We've got the magnificent Baz from Massive Wagons. How's it going? How's it going, mate? You're good? Nice to meet you. I'm all right, yeah. Thank you very much, yeah. Not too bad. How are you? Good? Yeah, we're good, thank you. You're very good. Um, First off, because I know it's not been said enough, but congratulations on number six in the UK charts with Triggered. Oh, hey, thank you very much. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it's... uh, Yeah, yeah, I can't really... Yeah, can't really, can't really believe any any of it really. It's quite quite an, quite an unusual feeling, but to be honest. Did you ever think that it'd ever kind of get to when you were kind of like writing it, recording it, that it'd be so successful? No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, you don't, I don't suppose you do. No, um, particularly not being a rock band, um, you know, because rock music isn't massively commercial anymore, is it? Really, it's sort of. A, you know, it's still around and it's still got a strong following and there's big, you know, there's a massive fan base, but the commercial side of it is sort of had its day, I think, a little bit. The sort of 80s and 90s were the end of it, really, weren't they? There's not really any big... I think it'll come back around again, but, you know, just gotta, all these bands have just got to keep going and until it sort of comes back in fashion again. But, no, yeah, I'm, I'm amazed. It's great. You know, loads of bands are doing it now it's, and it's good to see, you know, the Crows and uh, Scarlet Rebels and all these bands, are all they're all having a bit of that, aren't they? The chart success is brilliant. Yeah, it's really, it's really good to see. And so you're back out on the road on the 13th of April then. How are rehearsals for that going? All right, rehearsals? All right. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Oh, rehearsals. Um, no, good, yeah, yeah. We've just moved. We, we um, have a practice space, our own kind of unit, and we've had it for three years, and we've just moved into a new one these last couple of weeks, which the uh, place is much better. Um, it's a lot warmer, this place. It's good. Uh but yeah, practice is going well, yeah, going all right, yeah, not so bad. Yeah, we, we've sort of changed the set list up quite a bit, taken out quite a few of the songs that are kind of hardcore staple songs in the Massive Wagon set, if you like. I, I hope that, I hope people don't mind too much. Uh, <laughs> one or two of them we've been playing for sort of 10 years and they've sort of, we've sort of chopped them off the list a little bit. We thought we'd in the favour of trying to give a bit of new stuff and a bit of a go. Um, but yeah, no, practice is going well. Yeah, I can't wait. How do you actually prepare for a tour? You know, come up with the support bands, the venues. You know, how much of a nightmare is it? It's not a nightmare for me because I don't organise it <laughs> uh, anymore. I'm not allowed anywhere near any of that stuff. Um, you know, we always we have, an in, we have an input. Terry, our manager, she's like bang into all that. She loves all the organising and you know dealing with people and sorting things out. And you know, it's it's, it's we're really lucky to have her to do that. And. Uh, it's, it's good. It is, it is tricky. It is tricky getting... People say, oh, why aren't you coming here and why aren't you coming to our, our town on this tour? But, you know, a lot of the time, it's, it's there's, a, there's lots of factors, you know. There's some venues aren't available or, you know, 
some of the guys, three of the guys in the band still work full-time jobs. You know, they're self-employed, so they can get as much time off as they want. But, you know, they, they still got to get around work. And we've all got families and, and, and other things, you know. And sometimes you just can't go everywhere that you want to go. You just, you just have to make the best of it, really. Um, which is why, you know, often we, we do like two, we'll do like two halves to a tour. We'll have this, this half and then later in the year. We'll try and get to some other places that we couldn't get to, you know, maybe in like November we'll do like part two of the tour or something. Um, but you know, it's it just, there's a lot of bands wanting to tour, isn't there? So it's it's a case of getting, trying to get your slot in the venues day after day, you know. It's, it's, it's a nightmare. I, I'm glad I don't have to organise it, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> It'd be awful. It'd be useless. Um, but yeah, no, we organise, yeah, we're organised quite well now. We've been doing it a while, so. It's supposed to support bands. Yeah, I mean, we're always... That conversation always starts in in our office with me, Adam and um, Terry, and then we we throw a few names around. And we've always been a band that we we feel that the, when you come and watch us, we want the whole night to be amazing. You know, we want for people that are forking out money to come and see you. We want the support band to be as good, you know, to be as good as we can possibly manage. You know, really brilliant bands. We don't want a band that are just going to fill some time and then we're going to come on stage and blow them away. We want to be. We want to play with some amazing bands. We always try to get the best support bands we can. The Virgin Marys, I mean, they're, they're amazing. Absolutely incredible. I don't know if you're aware of them. They've been going longer than we have, and they have. They've been to America and supported Slash and done all sorts. They're absolutely incredible. And it's going to be it's going to be tough for us to follow them, but it's, it's going to be good. I, I was actually su- um, really pleasantly surprised to see that they they kind of like your support for the next bit. Um, yeah, well, I've been yeah, listening to them yeah. for a while, and they they are really really good. Yeah, they're they're incredible. You know, I mean. You just, we just asked them. We just said, "Do you fancy it? You know, do you want, do you want to do it?" And they were like, "Yeah." You know, they could have said no, and that would have been. I would have totally understood that. You know, they're more special guests than support. You know, I like to think of bands as special guests. We, we're going to take them out, and they're going to bring their award. Hopefully, play to packed out venues, and you know, whatever. We'll do some gigs in the future and stuff. It's um, don't look down on bands playing before you. It's just the support. It's just it's like a, a special guest thing. You know, we love them and admire what they do and think they're amazing and like. We just want to present them to our fans, and you know, if they, hopefully they can do really well, you know, whatever. Yeah, and we actually discovered Chris Catalyst when he supported you back in was it September twenty one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, how's the noise too? Yeah, well, Chris, we're, again, Chris is in a band called the Eureka Machines. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, 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 and, and like well, I remember when we when we started out, um, they they were on. Um, Oh, what was the what was the big rock station at the time called that went that vanished? Um, Scuzz. No, 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 no. It was a uh, Jewsbury from Primordial was on there, and everybody was on there, and it was this like really what the bloody hell was it called? And everybody <laughs> everybody got laid off. Oh Christ, I can't remember. It was a big it was a big station at the time, and it was, it was around for a year or two, and then it vanished. Um, anyway, I heard them on there, the, the Eureka Machines on there, and they were doing really well, and their, their album got in the charts and whatever. The, and it was just like, wow, I really admire these guys. I want to do what they're doing. And Chris is a, a really amazing guy. And um, we, we bumped into him doing some stuff with the Wild Arts, you see. And then I was like, wow, you're the guy from the Eureka Machines. And, you know, we just became friends. And um, I asked him if he wanted his solo project to come out on tour with us. And he, he was, he, you know, he was well, well up for it. It was great. He uh, he almost missed the uh, Nottingham slot as well. Well, when he played with us, did he? Yeah. <laughs> oh, last time with the ugly last, kid Joe. Last time with, yeah. with the ugly kid Joe, yeah. Oh, all right, I see. Yeah, oh, he did that as well, didn't he? He opened up, didn't he? Yeah. Man band. Amazing. Yeah, what a guy, yeah. Yeah, I love him, his ass. Um, <coughs> Team Rock! 
Team Rock. <laughs> that was the that was the radio. Do you remember it? Team Rock. Yeah, I remember the name of it. Sorry, that it just came to me. <laughs> It's like yeah. Burst of Tourette's, just yeah. Team Rock, Team oh, Rock. <laughs> team Rock. Um, just going back to the set list then, because you mentioned you're changing it up a bit. How do you actually pick the set list and decide what to stop playing and which new ones to bring in? Well, well that's, a tough, that's a tough one. Um, yeah, I mean, we generally, generally we have, like, the ones that you can't get rid of. You know, there's maybe four or five that you think, right, we've got to be, got to, they've got to be in there. You know, people expect those songs and you've got to play those. And then, and then you've got to, you've got to sort of, it's hard, it's hard to craft a set. You, you've got to sort of, all the songs have got to work together, one, one after another. They've got to work, you know, you've got to think about guitar changes and keys and um, tempo and stuff like that. You don't want a slow one, then a fast one, then a slow one, and a slow one, and a fast one. You, know, you, you, want, to, you want to sort of make it, you want to structure it and make it, make it what's flow, if you like. Uh, and there are lots of sides to it. Um... But this this time we've sort of gone we've been a bit bolder really and got rid of got rid of two or three of these sort of stalwart songs in favour of some uh, some newer stuff with really. it because we're, we're kind of it's kind of representative of where the band is now this newer music and uh, we just want to we just want to play we don't want to be one of those bands that plays the same songs every time we realise that we play the UK a lot because it's well especially at the moment it's hard to get anywhere else we do try our best getting into Europe as much as we can. But, you know, we have to fall back on the UK and it's not a massive place. You know, if we lived in Germany, you could just tour Germany for the rest of your life and still never play to the same bloody free people, for same people. <laughs> but, but we realise in this country, you're playing to a lot of the same people and it's amazing that they come and see you again and again. It's, it blows my mind. But, you know, we just want to play something, go out and play something, give them a different show. Don't play the same old songs that you heard last time and the time before, you know. So I, I hope people enjoy it, you know. Um, so with the tour... You know what? What kind of toll to, does it take on kind of like you, the band? You know, because it's it's a, it's a lot of hard work. Um, what toll does it take? Uh, a lot of bus stinks for a start. <laughs> it's awful. Um, uh, toll. Um, I mean, it, it's it is what it is. I'm not going to mourn about it. It's a, it's um, you know, it's it's sort of two weeks away on a bus. It, the bus looks glamorous and everything, but it's it's not that glamorous. Really. <laughs> uh, you're living. You've got like. 10, 11, 12 people living on it and um, you're all kind of on top of each other a bit at times and it does get a bit tedious and you do get on each other's wick um, and there's not really anywhere to go, you know, to get out of the way really, but um, you know, it's worth it, when, when the shows are really going well and everybody's buzzing and had a good night, you get into, you do, when we did the Darkness tour, that was a month, that was the longest we'd, we'd sort of been out, that was like a month on the bus and um when you get into a, a routine and a flow and all the nights are going well, it's a good atmosphere. You know, everyone's buzzing. And you sort of get into a routine for the next day and everything just works really well. Um, but, yeah, no, you know, when you get home, you're generally ill for a week. You know, you've generally you'll be, your body sort of winds down. Every time I've come off that bus, anyway, your body sort of winds down and you relax. It's like being at a festival. I'm sure you'll have been to a festival. And then you come home and you get the festival lurgy. You know, you end up being ill, don't you, for a week? Because your body's <laughs> just kind of gone. Yeah. You know, you kind of do that, and it just sort of is open to everything. Then you just get ill, uh, and you obviously have tons of washing to do. So, because you know, <laughs> there's no way to wash your clothes for a month. So, but no, yeah, it's, I'm not going to mourn. It's good fun. It's an experience, isn't it? It's, it's good. I like it. It's good to be on the bus. It's better than staying in a hotel or anything. You know, being in a hotel's a nightmare because a it costs a lot of money for all those all your crew and everything. And you know, you come out of a venue. Um, and the bus, you can get on the bus, go to sleep, and wake up at the next venue the next day. You just you, you rested, 
and it makes sense. Whereas hotels, you have to go back to the hotel, go to bed, get up at five o'clock in the morning, back in the van, drive to the venue, and it just makes no sense, you know, when you've got a lot of dates. So yeah, just you're just tired, I suppose, after the after the after the, the time on the road. But yeah, no, it's good fun. I like, I like it. So I just wanted to ask about some of the charity work that you've done previously, and most recently you did the anti-bullying campaign with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation for Football Haters. How did that collaboration come about? Did you approach them or did they come to you? Uh, no, yeah, I think we we, we approached them. That, that was, um, to be honest, that, that was that was Terry's. That was I think that was Terry, our manager's idea to, to try and get um, the Sophie Lancaster um, Foundation involved. Um, it was a great idea, you know, and, and, it, and it worked really well. Um, yeah, and it, and it, and it, it just just became it sort of, it sort of uh, snowballed a little bit, you know. It started, we just started off as a small thing, and, and we made those vi- made some videos and went into a couple of school went to a school and did some to talk to a couple of class classes of kids and uh, raised some money and people bought them form fingers and it's often how these things start. They just start out with a song and then you have a meeting, we have a meeting in the office and think, what can we do here? And then the things get added on and then somebody else comes along and says, you know, can I get involved and do this and you do you want to do that and it's brilliant. You just people enjoy, people like to see something um, succeeding like that, and they want to get involved. So you know that's generally how it happens. It just it just rolls along and gets bigger and bigger. It was uh, and it was great great to do it. You know, I'm glad we raised a bit of money for them. You know, that's really cool. Um, so one of the things that I'm really curious about is the merch. So the range of merch you sell is just insane. It's like the Sunday market, isn't it? <laughs> so, like the um, things like the uh, you know who comes up with the shirt designs and um, <laughs> what made you sell rock? <laughs> rock. Uh, to be honest, that was um, I do believe that that decision was down to Josie from the Hot Dam. That was because uh, uh, she she works with Terry, our manager. They they run their management company, yeah, RPM, and uh, I think I think that was Josie's idea. To be honest, um, rock. I can't remember exactly why we got the rock, um, but we did, um, and I've still got about I've still got about three thousand sticks of it in our office. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't I don't think it goes out of date. I don't really know what to do with it to be honest. It'll last forever. It'll survive nuclear winters. I think it will. Yeah, I googled it. If it ever goes out of date, and it says technically it never goes out of date. So there you go. And ju- just on the subject of uh, merch. Uh, Jigsaws. So there's a wagons jigsaw, but oh, I was yeah. I was listening to the podcast, um, and in one oh, of the particular yeah. podcasts, one of the things that went in the bin <laughs> was a jigsaw. <laughs> yeah, 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 jigsaws. Yeah, I, I I don't see the point in jigsaws myself. I think I think they're a, I think they're a colossal waste of fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand them. You just it's just a, it's just a giant it's just a giant picture covered in lines. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's come taken hours to put together. It's, it's, I just, and then what do you do with it? You just break it up and put it back in the box again. I don't really understand it, but there you go. What do I know? <laughs> so you have got the Wagons podcast now, Triggered, that you do with Adam. What was the kind of beginnings of getting that off the ground? Yeah, well, we used to do the beer. We used to do the beer monkeys uh, thing. Uh, we used to look, do craft like sample craft ales and stuff, and talk about beer. Um, stuff we know nothing about really, um, but but that kind of came. That kind of uh, we kind of ran out of steam a bit with that. We, we I don't know what we had a bit of downtime and then never really got back to it, to be honest. And I'm not drinking on the head now, so it's kind of kind of pointless really. Um, but so we wanted to start some. We wanted to start something new to do with a new album, 
Um, the tr- we started the Triggered podcast. It was originally called Bin It, Bin it Together. Um, it was a bit of a take-off of uh, Room 101, you know, the programme. Um, but if anybody asks, it wasn't anything to do with that. Um, <laughs> and then it's kind, of, it's kind of changed into the Triggered podcast. But we, we, we sort of get people's gripes and moans and, um, and talk about them and, and, and we discuss whether we think they're reasonable or not. Um, it's just a bit of fun, really, you know. It's just a bit of a harmless banter. Um, it's just a bit of comedy, I suppose. Don't take ourselves too seriously. So it's good fun, you know. It's a different. I think it's good, you know. It's it's kind of a different. It's like a different platform to get your your name out there, you know. It's we've got the we've got the podcast on numerous platforms, you know, podcast download platforms and YouTube and whatnot. You know, people might pick up the name, pick it up, and like it, and check the band out, and it's just another angle, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, yeah, definitely. One of the other things that I love that you guys do is the videos. Um, that you that you've done like where do these where do these come from do you have like a director that decides this is what we need to do or do you input to it i'd i'd, I'd have worn i'd have worn the uh, cheerleader out before you if i'd have known <laughs> <laughs> if i'd have known you were a fan i'd have put it on um yeah that was horrible wasn't it uh, i don't know whose idea that was that was well we use a company called video inc generally they did the generation prime video uh, and they did the uh, skateboard video, and it, and it was probably he's probably Adam's idea. The, the the guy from Video Inc. I called Adam Barker to do the to dress me up as a woman. To be honest, he's got a bit of a sick sense of humour. Um, but yeah, no, they're, they're amazing. Yeah, they, uh, they, they take a bit. You know, it's, it's kind of um, it's kind of a it's just, again it's it's, it's just throwing ideas around, and uh, he, he we'll give him the songs. And uh, he'll come back with some ideas, and we'll say what we like, what we don't like, and then we just hash it out really, and come up with a structure. And um, the longer you, I mean, we wanted the Generation Prime video. We wanted we wanted to do a video. I mean, it cost a lot more to make that video because it's not a, it's not a performance video, and we didn't want to do another performance video. Most of our videos are performance videos, and, and the, as great as they are, and uh, they do save you a lot of money. It's kind of we've kind of done it, and it's kind of a bit samey and a bit boring. So we wanted to we wanted to make a video with a story and. You know, or some a bit of character, and it took a few more days to film it, and uh, quite a lot more effort. But um, I think I think it was worth it in the end. You know, we got Benji on there, which was incredible. He's like a flipping force of nature, that guy. <laughs> uh, he just he showed up. He showed up to the video shoot about six hours late. Turned up. He did his bit. Half an hour, bang, he was gone. <laughs> like a, he's like a genie that appeared. Did his bit. It was absolutely incredible, and uh, and then just went. And then you know, just amazing, like Father Christmas. <laughs> no, yeah, the videos are a lot of fun to make. Yeah, they are. It's, it's good fun. Um, just following on from that, then the Generation Prime collaboration with Benji. How did that come about to start with? Um, well, to be honest, we wanted to. We've never had anybody else on a track before, uh, like a collaboration. And we thought, you know, with this album, I, I come up with the idea. I said, I, I think that'd be good. You know, I'd like to. I'd like to try and get somebody on there who's different, who's a bit unexpected, maybe. For us, um, maybe a bit of a crossover type thing. We had a, we had a lot of people names written down, and quite a lot of them weren't available. To be honest, um, they all got back to us and said, "Thanks for asking. You know, we really appreciate it. You know, we can't make it happen this time, whatever." It was fair enough. But Benji was like, "Yeah, banging! I'm absolutely well up for it. Um, it's top guy, and I'm a big, a big admirer of him. I think Waggins and Skindred, although we don't sound anything alike, I think we share something of a of a, a sort of a common common sort of." thing you know uh you know they've been going a long time and they've been grafting at it for a long time and they're you know they're, they're really making a go of it and you know we've been going a long time and uh it's all about the sort of live live party sort of thing they're a big massive one of the best frontmen ever benji i think and 
Yeah, very flamboyant and bright and bold. And uh, yeah, he was well up for it. And we let him write. I didn't know how he sang, you see. I, I gave him the song and uh, I said, look, I said, I've never heard you sing. I don't know if you sing, because I know he does. He, he said he said to me on the phone, he said, normally when people contact me, they just want rent a ragged. Okay. Um, I said, honestly, mate, I said, you write whatever you want, sing whatever you want. Whatever you think you can do on this song, you do it and we'll see what it's like. And he, and he came back with a rough demo of what, basically what he's on the track that he does. And I said, that's amazing. We'll keep all that. So then he went away and recorded it properly and then we stuck it all in. It was amazing. He, he sings like an absolute bird. He's an amazing singer. And he does a bit of the ragga thing and a bit of rapping. Yes. All right. So now we've got the quick fire round. So we've got selection questions. Hopefully you've not been... You may have been asked a couple of these before, but I'm hoping not many. Okay. So just think of the first thing that comes into your head. Are you sure? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Your podcast. Question one. What was the first album you owned? The first album I owned? Uh, well, it was one of two. I, I can't remember. It was either, it was either Rainbow Rising which I bought from a car boot sale when I was young. And that was pretty cool. And the other one I bought was Michael Jackson Bad. That um, was a really it. good album. Yeah, it was amazing. I, I remember buying that with some birthday money when I was a kid. Now, I can't remember which one I bought first. It, it, could, have been, it could have been Michael Jackson Bad, to be honest. I'm pretty proud of that. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good one, I think. But, yeah. That's a great one. Pro- yeah, not, not a bad one, that. Pro- probably that, I think, yeah. What would be your death row meal so you get a starter, a main, a pudding and a drink? Right, uh, starter. Would have to be... Um, starter. Meat, little meat. I've had it. Go on, uh, Pete, if, you've, uh, <laughs> if you've got an Italian or anything, sometimes you get like meatballs. Yeah. Like little, little meatballs, they're nice. Oh, well, I, I like them. So meatballs in tomato sauce for me starter. <laughs> uh, for the main course, um, uh, I would have toad in the hole. With uh, toad in the old gravy, chips and gravy. I think massive toad in the old with Cumberland sausages in it. That's what my uh, that's what my main course would be. Uh, my dessert would have to be um, oh crikey, uh, rhubarb rhubarb crumble with custard. Do you like rhubarb? Good choice. If I had a drink, a drink would be. Well, I don't drink anymore. Um, Ginger beer. I'm addicted to ginger beer. Stop drinking, you see. The only thing, and I'm hooked on drinking ginger beer, so I do like that. So one of them, ginger beer, yeah. Well, I can. I think I can safely say that I don't think we've had any of those choices before. No, I think they're all unique. They are all Frankly. unique, yeah. Right, surprise. <laughs> what was the first gig that you watched? First gig I ever went to was um, Pulp at Morecambe Dorm. Uh, they've knocked Morecambe Dorm down, down, unfortunately. It was a great venue, but yeah, Pulp. Um, uh, when I was cracky, and I've been fifteen or fifteen, I think I was. Yeah, that's a really good opener. Yeah, that's ah, they were amazing. They, they was they were, they're supposed to have who were they supposed to be supporting them? There was somebody really great supposed to be supporting them as well, but they never showed up. It could have been somebody like Shed Seven or somebody like that. Oh, like a like bit of Britpop. Ninety, I could have been like ninety-five or something. But I remember going in, I was like 15, so I'd, I'd never been to a gig before, I didn't know what to expect at all, and it was like full of people that looked like Jarvis Cocker, I was absolutely, <laughs> I was like, who are all these people, where have they, Where do they live, I've never seen anybody like, I've never seen people like this out on the street, <laughs> everybody's in like drain pipe 
brown drainpipe pants with like brown shirts and greasy hair, you know. I'm like, where am I? It was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. Pulp are amazing. I think they're a great band. Hey, what are your favourite crisps? <laughs> favourite crisps? It's Canadian ham, Seabrook, Canadian ham. Ooh, nice. nice. Yeah. yeah, I like Seabrook crisps. I think, I think they're probably my favourites. Yeah. I like skips. Are they crisps or are they snacks? I don't know. I think they're technically yeah. classed as crisps. Yeah. I mean, or skips. Skips. I could probably eat a potato sack full of skips <laughs> if, I, if I was pushed. Okay, so what would be your dream tour lineup? So you can include yourselves if you want, but if there was a dream tour lineup for you. Right, a dream tour lineup. Oh, cracky. Um, bloody hell, fire. Uh, well, um, I do like it. I do. I do love my nineties, the nineties, nineties indie stuff. I do love all that stuff. I did have tickets to go and watch the Stone Roses years ago when they reformed, but I had to get rid of them because we had a gig. So unfortunately, I had to sell them. So I was gutted about them. So I'd like to see them, Stone Roses. I look, I've seen ACDC quite a few times. They're just the most amazing, amazing band live. So, oh my god, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Stone Rose. You've got two good choices there. There you go. I don't know. It's too. It's too much of a massive question. I've never seen Judas Priest before. I'd love to see Judas Priest. I've never seen them before. Massive Judas Priest fan. I've never seen. Never seen them. Uh, you put me on the spot with music, music and films, and my mind just goes blank. Ask me about. Ask me about food, and I've got it. I can talk all night. But uh, music, I'm, I'm knackered. <laughs> Next question. Well, we're back on to food and drink now. You'll be pleased. Oh, here we go. But I think you might have already answered this one anyway, but what's your pre-gig drink? Pre-gig drink? Only drink water. Never drink before. Well, I don't... I said I don't drink now anyway, but never, ever drank before I go on stage. Never. I don't... If I ever have a beer, it's kind of after the gig. Might have one, but never, ever drink before I go on stage. I'm too paranoid. If I I even have have one, and, you know, you get that kind of sort of beery sort of thing in your head, and you'd sort of... no, because I feel the effects of a beer. I get I get paranoid that I'm going to forget words and everything. So I just, even though I probably won't, I just, just leave it alone. You know, just, just don't drink it. It's just water before I go on stage. Being a singer as well, just drink water, really, to be honest. It's a bit lame an answer, isn't it? But, you know, that's the truth. <laughs> to be honest, you're not the first person that said that. No, I was just going to say, I think every vocalist we've asked has said water to that one. So. Yeah, well, pe- people want a good night, don't they? I mean... Some some bands like a Phil Mog, Phil Mog. Used, I've heard recordings of Phil Mog. Used to go on stage absolutely paralytic every night, you know, and be absolutely amazing. You know, he could barely speak between songs, but when it came to singing, he could sing like an angel, and he knew all the words. Where I just I'm too paranoid. People are paid to have a good night, so we'll we'll have a drink after the job's done. That's my opinion. Okay, <laughs> next one. What biscuit are you? Fucking hell! What, what biscuit am I? Yeah. If you were a biscuit, what biscuit would you be? <laughs> told, I told you you might not have been asked these before. <laughs> There's a lot to consider there, isn't there? Um, a pink wafer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <clears throat> I like the idea of being a pink wafer. I don't bet nobody's picked that, have they? That's why. No, nobody's, that's picked, why nobody's picked a pink wafer. I don't think so. No. Who, who, who else have you had on here? What have they picked? Tell me what some Ooh. other people have picked. Do you Alice from Lake Malice chose. It was an Italian biscuit, yeah, wasn't fancy it? Fancy Italian. A fancy Italian biscuit. Yeah, a few people have gone for Jaffa cake, but we've argued that's not a biscuit, so we make them pick again. Yeah, you're in Jaffa cake. Jaffa cake. Now a pink wafer. I don't know why. Then I, I, like I, I love a pink wafer. I think they're great. 
Good out there. Underrated biscuits. Definitely. Right, last one of the quick fire round then is what mm-hmm. was the last song that you listened to? The last song I listened to. Um, I tell you, honest, God's honest truth. About fifteen minutes ago, well, when before I did, we started this. I was inside my living room. My little girl, Lila, she's obsessed with Britain's Got Talent. Obsessed with it, absolutely obsessed. with it. She watches it all the time. And America's Got Talent. And uh, we wa- we were watching that, and there was a little girl on there singing, um, "How can I? Is it? How can I live without you? How can I live oh, without?" Yeah. I can't remember how it goes. That's the last song I listened to, that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll be pleased to know that was the last quick-fire question. So we oh, can, we can get back to the normal stuff. Let's go back to the boring stuff, eh? <laughs> so, obviously, Triggered, massive success. Um, so then, after Triggered, kind of what's the plans for the next album? Um, well, we're going to write it first. Um, start writing it. It's always the hardest. It's always the hardest part of an album is, is starting it. Um, you're always sort of there's always a little bit of pressure from the last album. You know, if, if it did if it did well after Full Nelson, Phil Nelson got to like 16, I think, and then when I went to start writing the House of Noise, that was I remember feeling like, oh my god, you know, there's a bit of expectation now, and there's a bit few more eyes on us, and we can't. You know, because we've always just sort of gone with the flow and just not really cared and just, just whatever comes out, comes out. And that's always just how it's been. But then I thought, oh, man, we've had this a bit of chart success. Is that the right thing to do? Or do we need to start being a bit more serious about how we approach writing albums? You know, or, or else are people going to see through us? Is it going to work again? This this sort of lazy attitude. Um, but then we got sort of one or two, one or two songs written and they sounded all right. And then we, we yeah, we just... We just went back to how we normally do it and just kind of went with the flow. And uh, Triggered was the same. That was all right. And Adam sent, sent me a few ideas this time. And, yeah, we seem to be getting better at starting albums now. And, uh, I've, yeah, we've got a couple of ideas on the go and written a few words. And, you know, after after we've re- re- after the tour, you see, because we're rehearsing for the tour most of the time now, um, we'll crack on with writing some more songs. So, yeah, it'll probably take two years. It always takes, no matter how fast we try and write albums, it always takes bloody two years for some reason. I don't know why. What's the actual process for writing a Wagons album then in terms of do you write the lyrics and then the music and who writes what across the band? Yeah, uh, well, it has changed slightly. I mean, it's generally always been Adam who'll come up with some guitar guitar stuff, some melodies and, and, and some bits and pieces of verses and chorus ideas. And then he sends them to me and I have a big long list. I have a big long list of crap on my phone um, that are like phrases or inspirations or if I hear a word or somebody say something or I have an idea I just write it down on my phone um, just just a big long list of ideas and uh, he sends me some music and I generally listen to the music and I'll flick through this scroll through this list on my phone and see if anything see if anything sort of connects you know and I think yeah I like that yeah or I can remember what I was thinking when I wrote that yeah I like that we'll go with that and and, and just all you need is a spark really but now, I mean now we have Stephen as well Stephen in the band he's up Awesome as well at sending writing music. He sends he sends stuff, um, and that's generally how it starts. And, and with this album, Adam started sort of sending me ideas with with um, with drums and stuff already on. You know, There's stuff that's a little bit more advanced than you can sort of. The song takes shape a bit more before I get it. Um, but yeah, they send me the music. I write the words, and we have sort of fifty percent of it done. And then we take it to practice and to the lads, and then everybody throws their bits in. Then and we start sort of hashing it out and. Seeing where it goes and trying to, you know, create a structure or whatever. 
yeah, it's good. It's good fun writing music. I love it. Yeah. So the um, the tour uh, is going through April up to the I think it's the twenty fifth. I think that's correct. Yep, April the twenty fifth. Um, what's the uh, plans for after that? Is it some more shows later in the year, or? Yeah, well, yeah, well, well it'll be um, May. Yeah, it'll be kind of festival coming into festivals. Then won't it? We've got a few festivals on the go. We're trying to get more into Europe again. Trying to hit Europe as much as we can. Um, we'll hopefully tr- we're trying to get on some European festivals in the summer. There's some irons in the fire, if you like, and uh, you know some stuff going on. Um, and then hopefully plan a, a second half of the tour later in the year. To be honest, um, those dates have been talked about, and yeah, I don't know. It's all kind of on the go at the moment, to be honest. Yeah. Festival wise, is there any that you you can say yet, or you want me to say that we're playing Stone Dead, don't you? <laughs> oh, well, I'd, I I'd love you. you to play Stone Dead because we'll be there. I know what you're, know what you're doing. <laughs> I can't say, I, don't, I can't say, can I? I'm not allowed. Um, that's not a clue either. Um, fe- festivals, well, we're playing, um, uh, I honestly can't, I'm awful at remembering what we're doing from one day to the next. We're playing, um, what are we playing? What's it called? Uh, <laughs> there's one in Manchester. Oh my God, my head's gone. No, I can't remember. <laughs> We've got a big one in Manchester. There's a big one in Manchester we're playing. We're in Royal Republic. Yeah, we're not, we're not doing that many. We're not doing many. We're doing Chepstow Castle. That's right. In Wales, yeah, in Wales, we're doing the Chepstow Castle. Crows did the Chepstow Castle thing last year for a guy called Alid, um, and we're doing it. We're doing it this year with with Gun and Scarlet um, Scarlet Rebels. Um, and then we're doing oh yeah, we're doing um, Winter Storm in Scotland in Troon, mm-hmm. which is another festival. We did that about five years ago, I think, and it was brilliant. And uh, yeah, we're doing that again. It's um, there's some great bands on that as well. Yuli um, John Roth's playing it and Bernie Marsden and yeah, can't wait for that. What the bloody hell's the name of that festival in Manchester? <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember. It's my head's gone. I'll probably get in bother anyway. But <laughs> that's it. You, that's it. You can't spill everything just yet. I'm sure there's uh... no. You're asking the wrong man. God. We can talk about we can talk about Toad in the Hole again if you want. I know about that. <laughs> that's it. You... Ask me about that. Love a bit of Toad in the Hole. Sorry, Neil. Now you're talking. <laughs> Firefest. Sorry, that's what was. <laughs> I thought it was called Firefest. Is it oh, called Firefest? Was it Firestorm. Firestorm. There you go. Fire... I knew I'd. I knew I'd remember. <laughs> <laughs> Firestorm. There you go. You can play Firestorm in the summer. Really can't wait for that. Yeah, yeah, it's uh... yeah, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Right, well, thank you so much for coming on to chat to us, Baz. It's been great to talk to you. Good luck with the tour, and hopefully we'll see you again soon. No worries. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. Well, we hope you enjoyed that interview with Baz. We had a great time chatting with him. So thank you for listening. And as always, we are on Twitter and Instagram at ReadyToMoshCast. We're on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube at ReadyToMosh. So give us a like, share, follow, and of course, five stars on whichever platform you're listening on. And we'll be back next week. We made it to 50, Moog. <laughs>